This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Okay, Malachi chapter number three, verse number 10. I'm just going to kind of recap a little bit of last week. We are in a two-part series. In other words, it ends today. We're in a two-part series called Say I Won't. The subtitle of this two-part series was Test God's Promise and Open Heaven's Window. Out of all the promises of God, this is the only promise that God encourages you, asks you. Go ahead and test me. Test this promise. Test this promise out and see if... Um, See if I am who I say I am. I'm not the God that changes. That's why I love you. That's why you're alive. I'm the God of provision. And test me in tithes. Test me in offerings. And see if I, or we're calling it here at Zoe, say I won't open the windows of heaven. Now before God has gotten to this point, he has already clearly laid out. He asked the question, will a man rob God? And all of God's people are like, how in the world can we rob you? And God replies, well, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. You have robbed me in what belongs to me. Remember, when it comes to tithing, we don't give God our tithe because we're not giving something that belongs to us. The tithe belongs to God. So you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. We're just returning to God what belongs to God. Said, so you've robbed me in what belongs to me. What belongs to you? Tithes and offerings. Then God says, test me in this. Test my promise. And say I won't for your life. If you adhere to my ordinances, see if I won't fly open the windows of heaven. I'll pour out more blessing than you have room for. Or really that you have, you have enough space to handle all the blessing. In other words, hear what God's saying. You might give financially, but it's going to come to you in every which way and direction. You won't have enough room to handle the blessing I pour out on your life. Some people are getting excited about the blessing of God in their life. Watch here. This is what God says. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which is the church, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I say I won't, will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. There won't be enough. You will not have enough room to hand. In other words, the blessing of God, when it comes in your life, it's overwhelming. You'll literally think to yourself, God, you're too good. I know how crooked I am. I know how undeserving I am. I know what I know who I am. This blessing is far beyond my an imagination. You won't have enough room to receive the blessing of God. Now, I want to teach you, because what I don't want our church to do is think to themselves, we can tithe and then we'll be blessed. So I won't have debt and I'll only have blessing and I won't have struggle, and I'll only have blessing if I tithe. That is not true, and that is not what Scripture says. 
God says, oh, I'll open the windows of heaven if you bring a tithe. Now, most Christians believe, most believers believe the tithe is God's, so I'll tithe and then I should be blessed. Have you ever seen, or when you were growing up, did you ever see anybody do the one-legged race? Nobody looks cool doing the one-legged race, by the way. I've never watched someone do the one-legged race and go, wow, how majestic. The one-legged race, if you've never done it before, they tie both of your legs together, and you have to, with your legs tied together, hop to the finish line. And it slows you down, and you, you can't run freely. If you only believe that tithing will make you blessed, you are stooped and fooled. Because it takes faith to tithe, but it takes wisdom to steward. I want to unlock and untie your legs together. Un unlike your, un un untie your legs today. <laughs> together. <laughs> untie your legs because I want our church to run freely in the blessing of God. The first part takes faith, and if you have faith to tithe, it will, it will unlock a blessing. But the other blessing, the other leg of the blessed life is stewardship. God cannot bless you. He cannot run his kingdom through your life if you only tithe, but you don't know how to steward. So I want to preach a message today right down the title. It's called, Whose Is It? Whose Is It? And I'm believing today that as we open God's word, you will be motivated, you'll be inspired to not only have a blessed life, but you'll be motivated and inspired to give to God what belongs to God. But you'll also have an understanding that everything you have belongs for, to God. Everything you have is his. In other words, it's not just the tithe that belongs to God. Everything you have belongs to God. You are only stewarding what belongs to heaven. Amen to that? So watch this. Let's read together now Matthew 25. In light of what we just talked about, read here Matthew 25. This is a parable of talents. Now growing up in church, a lot of preachers would misconstrue this, and they would say this is parable of how much talent you have, how much gifting you have. Like people from American Idol to The Voice, how talented are you? America's got talent. This is not a story about talent. This is a story about money. God talks about money. And this is a time that Jesus here, this, you know when you read through the Bible, if you have a paper Bible and it's in red, it means it's serious because it's from Jesus. This is a Jesus story. And Jesus is going to start and he's going to say, the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, if there's one person that knows what heaven's like, don't you think it's Jesus? If anybody knows a thing or two about heaven, let's just be honest, it's probably going to be Jesus. In fact, 11 times he says, heaven's like this. Heaven's like this. You know, heaven's going to be like this. You know, heaven's like, looks like this. He's talking about heaven and he's talking about money. And watch here how Jesus talks about heaven and money. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. Now again, that's not American Idol. It's talking about money. Five talents. To another two and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. So he left. Immediately he went on a journey and then 
he who had received the five talents of money went and traded with them and made another five talents. What a return on that investment. And likewise, who he who had received gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's, what is that word there? Money. Come on, Zoe, what is that word there? Money. Hid his, it's, so whose money is it? Is it the guy's or is it God's? So he hid not his money, he hid God's money. So one of them took God's money, invested it, doubled it. The next one took God's money, invested it, doubled it. The last one took God's money, the Lord's money, and hid it and had no return on the investment. Watch what happens here. So um, verse 21. Sorry, verse 20. So he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, I, I, you forgive me, I'm a pastor's kid. So I've grown up in church and I've gone to a lot of funerals. And anybody that's grown up around church, you've heard that line there that most people will say, if you're a Christian, most people say, when I, when I die, I want them to say at my funeral, well done, thy good and thy faithful servant, with whom I'm well pleased. Say amen if you've heard that before. Yeah, well, what's he talking about? He's talking about money. He's saying, good, you did well with your money. Well done, good steward, with finance. So it wasn't service or labor or serving God's people. It was a good job with money. Well done, good and faithful servant, with whom I'm well pleased with your stewardship. I'm well, enter into the, into the rest that I have for you. He's talking about money. Look at what happens here in verse 22. He who also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him again, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now remember, the last one took the money and hid it into the ground. And so when God asked him, How did, what did you do with my money? He said, well, I, I hid it in the ground. Long story short, God gets mad and he says, you wicked and lazy servant. In other words, you don't know how to steward my finance. And so he says this in the last verse. Watch don't get mad at me. This is Jesus talking now. Verse 28, watch what Jesus says to him. He says, so take the talent, the money from him, and give it to him who has ten talents. So if tithing opens the window of heaven, stewardship will open up the hand of God. He said, Take this one from the guy that doesn't know how to steward, doesn't have wisdom, and give it to the one that has proven himself to be a good steward, and I will unlock even greater blessing. I want to teach our church how important it is that we don't just tithe and think that's just, okay, the window's open, now I can live and spend and create and, and have debt and do whatever I want. No, we want the window of heaven, we want faith to tithe, but we want the wisdom of God of stewardship. And stewardship starts with the understanding all of this belongs to God. Amen to that? Come on, let's pray together and believe that God will open our eyes. Jesus, thank you that you are our provider. You have given to us more than we could ever imagine. 
more than we could ever deserve. We are so mindful that you are for us, you are with us, you are good and you are kind. God, we are asking today, will you show us and teach us how to walk in your truths. Help us understand your love and your law. God, we are thanking you for great grace on our church that we will have faith for our finances and wisdom of stewardship. We love you more than anything else. And God, we thank you that we're going to have great stewardship over the Rams, the Lakers, and the Dodgers. Bless L.A. in Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Amen. Come on, Angelinos. Let's clap. And let's thank God together. Don't, get, don't give a weak clap. Japan is listening right now. Mexico is eavesdropping. Let them know we are L.A. or bust. Bless all the other countries. But bless the Lakers the most. I don't know if you've ever had that, that feeling like this belongs to somebody else. So I really need to be careful with it like a jacket or a pair of shoes or like a car. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where it's like, I need to be so careful because I'm going to give, give this back to them so I don't, I don't want to scratch it. I don't want to dent it. I need to be so careful with it. This is the I don't enjoy this feeling. Anybody else? This is why I love renting cars at Avis. You go to the rental car, you get to budget, you pick out your Chevy, your Hyundai, your Toyota, whatever, Corolla, and you get that thing. You ever drive a rental car? You pull out. I'm telling you, I'm nice until I get out of the driveway. I'm, I'm driving like, I'll see you guys later. It's good. Thank you so much for checking my insurance and license. But as soon as I take that thing, I'm, I'm peeling out, right? Because there's something about renting a car or renting a house. Recently, uh, we went on vacation, and we did an Airbnb. We rented a house. And it's amazing to me. You know, sometimes we, we stay in friends' houses, and when we stay in the friends' houses, I'm on top of the kids. I'm like, kids, don't you touch a thing. Don't touch a picture frame. Don't touch the TV remote. Don't change any settings. Don't even log on to the Wi-Fi. This is our friend's house. But when we rented a house, I just let my kids loose. I said, go ahead. It's not our house. It's amazing. The, the difference between having a renter's mentality versus an owner's mentality. It's, it's, it's insane the difference between just going, ah, this isn't mine, I'm just renting it, between that and having an owner's mentality. And I think God, in order for him to bless your life, it takes attention between I'm owning this in a stewardship fashion, but really this ultimately belongs to God. I'm going to give you four things to write down today. Write down number one, God is the owner, I am the steward. When I peel out of Avis and I'm leaving that parking lot, I am not thinking like a steward even. I am just thinking as a renter. I'm a renter. This is going to get returned in 48 hours. I'm just going to fly down the 405. But when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to my children, when it comes to my life, I have to get an understanding. God is the owner, and I'm just a steward. The problem with most of us is we think that we own the bank account. We own the house. We own this. We own. Remember, what you refuse to surrender, you'll eventually lose. 
You can't live with a closed fist saying, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Nothing you have right now belongs to you. Everything you have right now belongs to God. Come on, God owns everything that you have right now. He is actually the owner of your property. Your name might be on the deed, but God himself is the owner. You might say, well, how do you know that? Let's just go to the Bible. Watch this in Psalm 24. Watch what the scripture says about God. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything belongs to God. Like the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is God's. Your house is God's. Your, your, your finances are God's. Everything. So at any point, God could talk to you about what he owns. I'll never forget a few years ago, one of my friends had given me a pair of shoes that I could not wait to get my hands on. I was excited to get this pair of shoes. And he, my friend had made these shoes. He's the designer of the shoes. And so when he gave me the pair of shoes, I was thinking, man, they're exclusive. They haven't come out yet. I was so excited. I was thrilled about it. The box was nice. You know, you, I open up the box. They're, they're put in like these, these, these little uh, covers. And it was just a beautiful shoe. And I remember opening them. And I remember just thinking, this is the coolest shoes I have ever had hat. I can't wait to wear them. And I'll never forget God spoke to me and says, I want you to give these shoes to Aaron Eisman. I said, no. No, that, no, we didn't come this far for that. No. Let's go to the closet, God. Let's look at some other options. But no, we're not giving these away. God, do you know how awesome these shoes are? Do you know how excited I've been to get these shoes? Let's choose a different pair. And long story short, I give the shoes to Aaron reluctantly, <laughs> begrudgingly. But I gave the shoes because God's the owner and I'm just the steward. And when you live with a stewardship mentality, you get rid of, I own it. This is mine. Your car is God's. Your bank account is God's. Your life, it's God's life. In fact, the Bible even says your temple is where God lives. It belongs to Jesus. He died on the cross for your body. And when you live with this ability to go, I'm just stewarding what God has put in my possession. None of this is mine. All of it is God's. All of a sudden, you stop hoarding and holding and tight fisting and saying, this is mine. When you live with an owner mentality like it's mine, all of a sudden, you'll start to accumulate. You'll start to grasp. You'll start to hold on to. And eventually, you'll lose the things you're grabbing. It all belongs to God. It's all going back to God. You are just lucky enough to steward the possessions and the people and the relationships and the opportunities opportunities that God has placed in your life. God is the owner. You're just a steward. So when it comes to your life, you ought to just go, God, you can talk to me about anything and anyone and anywhere because none of this is mine. It is all yours. You get really free and really light when you understand none of this is mine. God is the owner. 
God owns everything. God owns my life. And so all of a sudden, God says, I want you to bring the tithe, which is the tenth to my house. And you're like, wait a second. The tithe is not mine. It belongs to you. So I gladly give to you what does not belong to me. The tithe belongs to you. In fact, write down number two. The first belongs to God. The tithe belongs to God. It is the first that belongs to God. The first, the first. Now, when God says bring all the tithe into the storehouse, I want you to understand what God is saying out of 100% of income that you make, I want you to keep 90% for yourself, but bring to me what belongs to me. Remember, who's the owner? Come on, Zoe. I know it's the first service. Live stream. I don't know what time zone you're in, but we're just waking up a little bit here in Los Angeles. Who, who is the owner? God is the owner. So God says, bring to me what belongs to me. The tithe belongs to me. He says, out of 100%, I want you to bring 10%. Now, out of 100%, remember, the tithe is not just 10%. It's the first 10%. It's not just Visa, mortgage, water, AT&T, Netflix. Who am I preaching to right now? <laughs> it's first God. And then everything else. Because he, he's worthy of first. Uh, a few months ago, I received a check in the mail from NBC Universal. And I don't know if you knew this, but your boy's an actor. Yeah, I'm in a movie, no big deal. What did I play? Oh, thanks for asking. Played a pastor. How many people saw it? Twelve. Twelve people have seen this movie. What? Have I ever seen it? No, I've never seen the movie. I haven't still. Still haven't seen this movie. Years ago, when we first moved to L.A., this guy asked me if I'd be in a movie and play a preacher. So I went and I got to be on set for the day in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I played a preacher in a movie. And it was an unbelievable experience. I really did enjoy it. Well, about six months ago or so, in the mail from NBC Universal, a check showed up from the movie. My royalty showed up from acting in a movie. And my royalty check was $1.24. I thought, I'm going to get into this acting business. This is going to be beneficial. I thought, it cost you more money to send the check than for me to receive the check. And I thought to myself, God, do I tithe to you off $1.24? So I got to play around with it, gave God a tithe of $1.24. And for, for my wife and I, I'll just give you a snapshot into our life. This is our faith. For Julie and I, we have faith that we give our tithe, our first of our income goes to God 10%. And then above that, we decided a few years ago that every year we would increase above 10%, one percentage point per year. So every year we increase our tithe. Because I want to give not what is expected. I want to give over and above, not just my tithe, but an offering. The tithe belongs to God, but I want to go above and give an offering of gratitude. When I, when I bring back and return to God the tithe, I'm not even giving. I'm just returning. So I want to give something to God. So every year, we, this is just personally, this is where my faith is. I have faith that every year, and I got faith that every year, I'm just going to keep increasing my percentage point. So we, we, we do that every year, and we just give to God. We give the first. Now, why do we give the first to God? Remember, it's not the tithe that is so important. It's the first tithe. It's the first tenth. 
That's what opens the window of heaven. Why do we give the first? Because all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it, we live by the principle of first. God always goes first. Watch here in the book of Exodus and watch what God says. This is all the way, second book of the Bible. Watch what God is saying. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast. It is, whose is it? It is, God said, it's mine. You hear God, he's already talking like an owner. This is mine. The first is God's. The first belongs to God. So God says, I want all the firstborn. I want all the first cattle. I want all the first, all the animals. God still today is into the first. That's why when I give to God what belongs to God, I don't give him fourth. I give him first. So even if it's $1.34 from NBC Universal, he's getting the first of my tithe. And I don't know about you, I'm not that good at math. Anybody else admit it? Admittedly so, you are not that good at math. Just raise your hand. All my people. This is, this is not Julia. Julia just thinks in numbers. She's really good. So I'm the guy that at the restaurant, I'm always wanting to pull out my calculator to do the math on the tip because I don't want to be a, a cheap tipper. Come on, Christians. You need to say amen right there. Ain't nothing worse than a person that believes in Jesus that can't tip. Come on, somebody. And so it got quiet in here real fast. And so I always pull out my calculator and... And if I don't do my calculator, I Google. And I Google, what percent of this check that we just received goes to God? And then I let Google figure it out, and then I pay my tithe. But we always give the first to God because, remember, when you put your life in order and you put God first, this is a decision you need to make in your life. When you put God first, I said this last Sunday, when he is first in your life, the rest of your life falls in order. But he has to be first. That's why he, he asks, give me the first. The first belongs to me because I'm first. So when God's first, the rest of your life is in order. In fact, write down number three. I love this thought today. He always brings order before he brings blessing. God is not the author of confusion. God does not bless chaos. God is not unorganized. Before he blesses something, before he opens the window, he kind of checks in to make sure, can you handle the blessing I want to give your life? God will not send you a blessing that's going to destroy your future. God will not give you a blessing that you can't handle. Some of you want the blessing of God, but if the blessing of God came on your life, you wouldn't have any idea how to steward it. You wouldn't have any idea how to handle it. You wouldn't have any idea how to give Him the glory and the honor and the praise and even give Him a tithe because of the blessing that is on your life. So before God blesses something, He brings order. I just love that story. Jesus is preaching all day. And they're loving his preaching, aren't they? And they're getting there later in the day. And the disciples look out and they come to Jesus. And they're like, sir, I don't know if you notice, But these people, it is visible. They look hungry, teetering on, hangry. If we don't give them something soon, they're going to turn on us. Because hangry people turn on you quickly, don't they? We're friends until we're not friends. <laughs> the disciples are smart. They're like, sir, if we don't feed these people, 
we're going to have a right on our hand. So what does Jesus say? He says, okay, well, what do you have? <laughs> what is that question? What are you stewarding? What is in your possession? What have you been blessed with? A lot of us need to stop complaining about what we are stewarding and start giving thanks for what we are stewarding. Start saying, God, thank you for my life. Thank you for my future. Thank you for my blessed life. Thank you for my family and my friends. I'm blessed with this car. I'm blessed with my job. I'm blessed with these clothes. I'm blessed in my connect group. I'm blessed at Zoe Church. I'm blessed to live in Los Angeles. He says, what do you have? They go, oh. All we have is just a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. <laughs> and Jesus, before he blesses it, he says, okay, give it to me. Well, watch Jesus. Let me just read it to you. Watch what he says here. Matthew. Sorry, Luke 9. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, and he made them all sit down. God said this, I'm about to bless this place, and I'm about to do something unusual, and I'm about to create a miracle, but before I do a miracle and before I do a blessing, let's bring some order. Let's get some organization. Let's set things in. Let's get first things first. You get a get group of 50 there and a group of 50 there because when I provide my miracle and when I bring my blessing, there needs to be order to steward and handle the blessing I'm about to unleash. A lot of us want blessing. Not all of us want stewardship. Not all of us want wisdom. Not all of us want organization. God is not the author of confusion. Watch here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Watch what it says, 14. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. You ever see that in the movies? When someone's gone through like a poverty-stricken area and they're just throwing out food or throwing out money and people are just scrambling for it? That's not how God works. God isn't confusing and fend for yourself. No, he's God of organization. He's a God of structure. He's a God of wisdom. 50 here, 50 here, 50 here. He makes them all sit down and then he blesses. I wonder, do you have the infrastructure? Do you have the budget? Do you have the wisdom? Do you have the material? Have you been studying? Are you reading up and not just going, I'm going to tithe and be blessed? No, you need wisdom and stewardship to handle the blessing of the Lord and I'm telling you you get you get God first in your life and you get prepared and you get organi organization and you get some of us we need to go home and the most spiritual thing you could do financially is create a budget you go I came to church I wanted to hear about Jesus yeah Jesus is talking about money and what is he saying I gave five this amount of money and this amount of money and the one that didn't handle my money, the Lord's money, the Lord is the owner, the one that didn't handle it, I took away that money and I gave to the one that is on a budget and does steward well and does give me the first. Come on, Zoe. Let's thank God we're going to get organized in our finances and understand how to live out God's truths. Now again, don't get mad at me. This is God that's talking today. 
God is the one that talks about these issues because he understands nothing can destroy you more than when you think I'm the owner. Nothing can destroy you more than this is all mine. Nothing can destroy you more than go, I'll just tithe and I can live and spend any which way that I want. No, no, no. We need to give our first to God, but we got to be good stewards and we got to use wisdom. Otherwise, you'll be on the one-legged race thinking you're blessed, but you're not running in your future. You're not running your calling and you're not going to fulfill the call of God on your life. I would not be a good pastor if I didn't teach you this message. Because ultimately, here's the last thing I want you to write down. A worship team, you can come. I say all of this. What is the motive? What is the intent for the window of heaven? Now, you got to think about this for your life. Why do you want to live with an open heaven and an open window? Is it for a bigger house? More stuff? Better vacations to Cabo? What does it mean to be blessed? Like someone that's blessed. Because we can't confuse blessed by culture and miss out what is blessed by God. The first time in all of Scripture that the idea of being blessed comes into picture is with a man named Abram. And the first thing that God says to him is, I'm going to bless you big time. And he says to Abram, not only am I going to bless you, which by the way, blessing is God's idea, not man's idea. God wants to bless you. Trust me. He wants to bless you. And God, if you'll align your life, God will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. I believe that for your future. I believe that for your family, and I believe that for your business. God can bless you and open up a window. Did you read what he said? I'll pour out such a blessing, you won't even have enough room. So that's the kind of God we serve. So God shows up to a guy who's not thinking about blessing and doesn't have, he's not, he's not blessing, you know, motivated. God shows up and he says, I'm about to bless you. And watch what he says to Abram. He says, not only am I going to bless you, but here's the definition of true blessing. Watch here, Genesis, this is the last scriptures. Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Hear me, Zoe. God wants to bless you to make you a blessing. You are not blessed to be blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. God wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. Why? Greater vacations, more stuff, more activities. All that's great. God wants you to be fulfilled. We're at Zoe Church, the Abundant Life Church. That is from God. But God really blesses you because he wants to make you a blessing. He wants to cause you to become a blessing. That you're blessed enough to help somebody that doesn't have a place to live. You're blessed enough to help somebody that doesn't have a car to drive. You're blessed enough to help somebody that's stuck in prison. You're blessed enough to help to somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Come on, is there anybody that is at Zoe Church? Anybody on the live stream that wants to be so blessed that you literally become a blessing? God doesn't want just to give you a blessing and it stops with you. He blesses you so you can become a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget, long time ago, this guy told me a story. We went to the same Bible college. He's getting ready to leave Minnesota to move to Los Angeles to come out to our seminary. 
is getting ready to leave and getting excited to move out. I went to Bible college in San Dimas, California. San Dimas High School football rules. And he's getting ready to leave and he says to his mom, he says, Mom, pray for me. Get ready to go out to Life Bible College. Pray for me. And he told his mom, pray that I'm a blessing. Pray for me that when I go out, I'm a blessing. And his mom looked at him and said, well, if you want to be a blessing, then son, be blessable. Because the only way you can be a blessing is if God can bless you. And I pray that you would become blessable. I pray over our church that you would live your life in such a way that God can open the window of heaven and pour out his blessing because you know he knows you don't just have faith to tithe but you've got wisdom to steward and you will steward well what God has placed in your life and you will stewardship steward it not as an owner but you will steward it as someone that knows God owns this and so my shoes are God's my house is God's my car none of it is mine all of it is yours and so Lord help me to turn five into ten help me to turn two into four help me to steward what belongs to you well so that when you look at my life you say I want to open the window a little bit bigger I want to pour out a bigger blessing because I know I can get it to you Come on, Zoe. I know I can get it through you. Come on, let's praise God together and thank Jesus. We're going to walk in the wisdom of heaven, and we're going to have faith to give God what belongs to God.